Counsel the Word, a podcast of the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship. I'm your host, Keith Palmer, and today we're going to be talking about the counselor's fear of man. Joining me in the studio today is my friend and fellow counselor, Ray Jean Enns. Uh, Ray Jean is wife to Pastor Terry, uh, the pastor of Grace Bible Church, and uh, she is a valued and gifted member of our counseling team here, an ACBC certified counselor, and uh, we're so grateful to have her here on the podcast today. So, Ray Jean, welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, yeah. Well, what a great topic, because we all understand that as biblical counselors, or even just as, as faithful Christians trying to engage in conversations that bring Christ to the front, or... Uh, lead with our faith, that it's sometimes very intimidating to do that. And one of the reasons it's intimidating is this idea of fear, that we fear what other people are going to think or what pe- how people are going to react. So um, I'm really eager to have this discussion about the counselor's fear of man. So for those not familiar with the term, uh, what is the fear of man? Well, the fear of man, uh, Proverbs 29, uh, 25 says, uh, the fear of man is a snare. And the fear of man is a feeling-led reaction or response to the opinions and desires of people. Um, feelings of fear and or anxiety, they're often subtle and nuanced, that tempt a believer to compromise exclusive worship and devotion to God. And it's rooted in the boastful pride of life, wanting affirmation. It's also rooted in the lust of the flesh, wanting interactions and exchanges to be relatively easy and with limited confrontation. It is a temptation to please people with a message that is agreeable to the listener or observer. And we're warned about it in John 12:43, which says they loved the approval of men rather than the approval of mm-hmm. God. And for every believer, the approval of God is the thing that we desire above all else. Yeah, it sure is. And also, we all know that temptation, don't we? That temptation yes. to say things for affirmation, to say things that are uncontroversial, um, we need to speak the truth in love, but we're tempted to speak what's going to be, uh, you know, most agreeable in the eyes of the person mm-hmm. that's listening yeah. to us. So yeah, oh, this this is great, and that, that is a real dynamic. So, thinking about fear of man in the context of formal biblical counseling, what does that look like as a struggle for the counselor? Well, the counselor in the counseling room with the counselee um, can be in a place where they fear. The opinions, the the um, reactions of the counselee, and so there may be the temptation to apologize for what the Bible says, um, withholding the full truth or context of what the Bible teaches. Um, the counselor can avoid issues that need to be addressed because they're fearful of a reaction or or um, perhaps even outbursts from the counselee. Um, they can begin doing some blame shifting. This is the counselee's fault and not my own. Um, feelings of anxiety before um, a session, during a session, after session, that manifest some headaches, tensions, uh, even panic attacks. Um, sometimes perhaps counseling, canceling sessions with a counselee because of fear of man, of the fear of, of what's going to be said in the counseling room. Or, or what's necessary to be said in a counseling room. Um, 
fear of man can can bring about inaccurate or incomplete data gathering, not as, asking hard questions, not asking the next question that's that's important, um, being quick to answer without all of the data, um, and allowing the counselor's own emotions to drive the counseling session. Ungodly introspection by the counselor um, rather than biblical self-examination. And by that I mean self-introspection or self-absorbed thoughts of the performance. How did I do in the counseling room? Rather than self-examination, trusting God to expose, convict, and repent of ungodly thinking in the counselor and to lead that counselor to care for the needs, the spiritual needs of that counselee. It's about God first, that counselee, and then the counselor. There are three people in that room in every counseling uh, circumstance. You know, hearing you lay it out like that, you realize that fear of man can be all over a counseling conversation, and, oh, yeah. and it's it's insidious, right? It, it masquerades under things like blame shifting, like you're saying, or canceling sessions. But the reality is that that is a, a significant temptation for counselors. So really helpful analysis there. Thinking about some of the the triggers that tempt and and entice the fear of man, what are, what are we looking for with counselors in terms of things that might uh, set the stage or particularly feed fear of man? Well, for the counselor to have a lack of trust or dependence on God to change and transform people, um, including the counselor himself. This is God's work in the counselor. It is God's work in the counselee. It can be a lack of prayer, of asking the Lord for wisdom. James says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. That's the counselor, needs the wisdom of God for account, for caring for a counselor, counselee. Um, it could be lack of preparation. It could be a lack of knowledge of the Bible. It could be lack of confidence in the Bible and the sufficiency of the word to change and transform by the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, a trigger for temptation for the fear of man can be forgetting it's God's work to change and transform. It's not the counselor's work. Um, we can... Um, counselors can be intimidated by the difficult and complicated circumstances in the counselee's life. Um, identifying the counselee as their background, um, as their struggle, the hardship that they're facing. Um, the counselor can identify the counselee as their problem and put a label on that counselee. And that that's not a godly way of thinking. The counselor can be tempted to the fear of man by not listening well to the counselee's story. Um, perhaps a counselee has a strong personality and there's count, uh, crying or weeping um, or complaining. Um, and also, perhaps a counselor can be um, fearful that the counselee is not completing homework and is their progress being made. Um, and then, you know, we, we need to guard against becoming performance-based again. Hmm. So what are some ways that the fear of man might be exposed in the counseling room? What are some manifestations of it that we need to be looking out for? Well, the counselor needs to consider their words. What am I saying as a counselor representing um, God and the ministry of a Bible teaching, a Bible preaching ministry? Um, and that, that might be words of omission, and that is not saying what is necessary to the counselor, counselee. 
Um, and by that, what I mean is the counselor needs to ask him, ask themselves, what is said, is, is what is said in this counseling room biblically true and accurate? Is this biblically relevant to the immediate spiritual need? And is the timing of the instruction wise? Is this the appropriate time, um, to bring up the words that are necessary to be, to be said? Um, there's also acts of commission, um, things that we do, not just things that we don't do, but things that we do do. Um, counsel that ignores or reinforces sinful patterns, um, not being a careful listener, um, speaking and counseling without all the data. A counselor's lack of emotional control when they're fearful um, can be harmful to a session and um, expose expose a spiritual um, need in their own heart that needs to be repented of. And um, acts of commission could perhaps be reinforcing behavior changes rather than biblical heart transformation. So when this is going on in formal counseling and a counselor is being influenced by or even driven by the fear of man and some of these things that you're describing are manifesting themselves. What are some of the consequences of that? How does, how does this impact the actual effectiveness of counseling? Well, I think the first person it affects is the counselor themselves. Um, we look at Matthew 7, 3 through 5, and we see um, the principle of the log in the eye. And an example of that would be um, from 1 Kings 18:13. Here is Elijah who rightly tells the despairing widow not to fear that God would provide food for her son and for herself. And then in 1 Kings 19.3, Elijah himself feels despair, and rather than counseling himself to fix his mind on the truth of God's faithfulness as he did with the widow, he allows ungodly emotions to control him. So the counselor wants to um, examine his own heart. Is there something that I'm being a hypocrite? Do I have a log um, that I need to repent of before I turn into before I turn to the counseling room and and share with the counselee the spec that's in their own. Mm-hmm. Some more consequences might be not speaking biblical correction to the counselee, um, and when we do that, the counselor withholds the blessing of change God's way and in His timing. Other consequences include counseling in unbiblical ways points to unbiblical solutions. We don't want the world's solutions. They are empty and they are hollow. The fear of man depends on walking by sight rather than walking by faith. And it deprives the counselee of biblical hope. It denies the sufficiency of Christ. Um, we see Peter denying, denying Christ in Matthew 26. And then in 2 Timothy 1, 13 through 14, um, it says, Retain the standard of sound words which you have heard from me in the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us the treasure which has been entrusted to you. So one of the consequences of the fear of man in the counseling room can be denying the standard of sound words of what God has called us to speak with accuracy and with truth. Um, of denying the faith and love which are in Christ, of denying to guard the truth by the work and the dependence of the Holy Spirit, and denying that the truth of the word is an eternal treasure. Um, When we are gripped 
with the fear of man. A counselor um, is disloyal to Jesus Christ, who has entrusted them with the word and the care of this counselee. And as with all sin, the fear of man is a false and ungodly worship. Yeah, it is, because it's, it's really raising self above God, isn't yes, it? And we're we're yeah. worshiping and serving our own preferences than God himself. Well, this is very convicting, and you realize that, that fear of man is not only something that happens in, in multiple ways in counseling, that there are grave consequences, as you just articulated. Um, and this is, not, uh, this is not foreign to Scripture. Um, there are examples in the Bible of fear of man. I know you have one particular you'd like to share with us. Elijah, the counselor, um, as I said a little bit earlier, he counseled the widow of what was the right thing to do. And when his opportunity came to counsel himself, he failed at that. He chose his fear of an enemy over his fear of the God who is faithful. And if a prophet of God can fall prey to this, then that means any of us can fall prey to it. Yes. So it's, that's instructive there. And even as we know, God met Elijah in that uh, poor self-counsel and, and helped Elijah to see a better way. So in a similar way, when, when we're convicted of fear of man, whether we're formal counselors or not, we're just you know husbands, wives, mm-hmm. parents, uh, churchgoers, we're ministering to one another. When we're convicted that a fear of people is driving what we're doing, what should we do? Well, I think in every circumstance including the counseling room. The counselor needs to consider the biblical care that they would give to a counselee and then apply that to their own heart. What would I tell the counselee and apply that to my own heart? And that that would be akin to looking at my own log before I want to take the spec, help the, help the counselee out with their spec. Um, one thing I use in my own heart and I share with a number of women is the STOP principle. It is um, S-T-O-P, and I always put at least one exclamation point at the end. So stop, turn, obey, and pray. And STOP is biblical self-examination, and, and that is the counselor, that is the Christian asking, where is my worship? What am I worshiping? Who am I worship? Is my worship to God exclusively, or is there some compromise in where my heart belongs? And then T is to turn. Um, Biblical repentance um, is shown in Ephesians 4, to put off ungodly fear, to be renewed with the word, and put on a righteous fear of God. And then O is obey, biblically uh, renewing our thinking. In Psalm 119.11, it says, Thy word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against God. What a verse to cling to daily. And then P is pray. And that is biblical dependence on and wisdom from God. In James 1.5, it says, If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously and without reproach. And again, I always add an exclamation point when I teach this because... Um, I think of that exclamation point as a godly friend. Um, the counselor can have a prayer friend. The friend doesn't particularly know the details of, of what goes on, but, but that friend knows there is spiritual warfare going on in a counseling room and will pray for that counselor um, consistently and faithfully um, so they, um, 
the exclamation part point is a a friend who will either pray for the counselor or will pray for a counselee, um, a counselee's friend who will pray for them. Yeah, that's a really helpful acronym. STOP, stop, turn, obey, pray, exclamation mark means don't forget to include the body of Christ right in that. Yes. Right? And, and all that. R- really helpful. Okay, so. So we've identified fear of man as a real challenge. We've talked about manifestations in the counseling room and just in normal discipleship ministry. We've talked about some of the impacts of that, and as well as what do we do? We, we pursue repentance, right? Mm-hmm. We, we pursue faith yes. and help with the body of Christ. So, so let's say we've done all that, and now we've got that next counseling session. We know we're going to be tempted. How do we proceed with counseling in that next session? Well, the counselor wants to faithfully pray, in repentance to, to God, for God to do his work to change and transform both the counselor and the counselee. And there are times in a counseling session when it's appropriate to stop in the middle of a session and pray with the counselee for God's help and wisdom. The counselor is to pray in preparation for the session and to pray for the direction of the following sessions. What verses are we going to learn? What principles are are helpful for this counselee. Um, and then we want to fix on the truth of God. Um, the counselor must acknowledge the counselee is in a hard and difficult and even sorrowful uh, situation. Um, and yet the counselor is to remember that this counselee isn't just an addict or a drunkard or in a struggling marriage or, or whatever the circumstances may be. But the counselee is an image bearer created by God for the purpose of glorifying him. The fear of man in the counselor turns spiritualized towards self and away from God. And with it is the temptation to not fully address a counselee's ungodly patterns. That's so helpful just to preempt that going into the next session and and prepare our hearts to turn away from that. So, well, we know that that fear of man is not something exclusive as a struggle in counseling, but we struggle with fear of man in other areas of of Christian living. What are some of those areas that might uh, we might point out for our listeners? Evangelism. Divine appointments are all around us. And when we fear man, when a, when a Christian fears man, he will avoid divine appointments, opportunities to take the good news of the redeeming Savior out into a world that is needy and hurting. Um, parenting, the fear of man affects how a godly parent, a, a Christian parent, will, um, will discipline or correct their child. Um, so often parents are afraid of a child's reaction. Um, little bitty kiddos up to adult children. And then friendships. And the word in, in Proverbs 27, 5 through 6 says, Better is an open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the words of a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so fear of man isn't just the counselor in a counseling room with a difficult counselee or a counselee with difficult circumstances. Fear of man can affect every um, arena of a Christian's life and and needs to come under the authority and the direction and the redeeming power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just as we see some poor examples in Scripture of people that fell into the fear of man, we also see some righteous examples, too. So maybe you can share with us an example mm-hmm. of a, a righteous counselor in, in that regard. Well, um, a good example, I think, of righteous counseling in the counselor and to the counselee is Enoch. 
In Jude 14 and 15, Enoch prophesied to convict all the ungodly of their ungodly deeds in which they had done in an ungodly way. He very clearly delineated um, what unrighteousness was to repent of sinful patterns, sinful lifestyles, and to turn to Christ. And in Genesis 5, Enoch walked with God. Um, a faithful believer must counsel himself to do, to think um, what pleases God. And, and that example we see in Enoch. What great insight that, yeah, that commentary, he walked with God, certainly that played into the godly counsel, the righteous mm-hmm, yeah. counsel that he gave. So, well, this has been a great conversation, Regina. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, leave us with maybe a verse just to remind ourselves mm-hmm. of hope as we struggle with fear of man in our lives. Um, Hebrews 6.10, for God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown toward his name and have ministered and in still ministering to the saints. God knows the the hope that you want to bring, that the counselor wants to bring into the counseling room for needy people. He knows the intent is to bring honor to his name and to care for image bearers. And I want to encourage counselors that, that God does not forget what you are doing, even when it's hard, when there's an internal struggle to put off our own sin to fight that battle. The the flesh is ever battling against godliness um, in the counselor and in the counselee, and God knows that. Amen to that. Are there some resources that you might recommend if this has sparked interest in our listeners? What are some resources that might help us mm-hmm. to further evaluate the fear of man and, and ter- turn away from it? Um, Stuart Scott has a really, really helpful uh, small pamphlet Um, anger, anxiety, and fear. I use that regularly for my own heart, and I use it many times in the counseling room. Ed Welch is when people are big and God is small. Excellent resource. And then my dear friend, John Flavel. He's been dead a while, but he's still my friend. Um, Triumphing over sinful fear. Great resource. I encourage encourage you all to read him. Well, Regine, this has been so helpful. Thanks for being with us. And uh, thanks for all you do uh, in your counseling ministry here. I think this conversation has really, really been helpful for those of us that do formal counseling and and just to Christians in general that we would live to please the Lord and then minister to people accordingly. So thanks so much. For more information about the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship, you can visit us at thecbcd.org.